ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Every year I make the same mistake. Whether it's AFL or NRL, I get enchanted by the low-ranked Week 1 finals winners. Then I dwell on the negatives of the higher-ranked Week 1 losers. Then I convince myself that the underdog is on the march. It's my own personal vicious cycle of footy finals fool's gold. So why are the finals outsiders so compelling this week? We're going to forecast the weekend action in just a moment. We've got bonus stories on the Matildas, the Wallabies and Stuart McGill, plus a celebrity-heavy soundbites. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Semi-final time in the AFL. It gets underway Friday night. D's v Blues. Ben Cameron is here to dig into all of it with us. Benny, the D's lose Brayshaw through concussion, Van Ruyen through suspension, the Blues lose Mackay through concussion and Martin through suspension. Which side will deal with those losses best? Uh, that's a very good question. I, I think probably uh, Melbourne will deal with it best. I mean, Harry Mackay hasn't been playing his best football, but the key part is when they were performing really well when he was out, it was actually Jack Martin who was playing as an undersized mobile centre-half forward that had them looking like the, the team to beat when they went on that winning streak. Should be elementary for Jack Martin when he fires the Blues fire. And they are firing in the 22nd minute of this second term. I actually think the loss of Jack Martin is quite significant. Uh, I am looking at the way they go inside 50, and that's very much been the issue for Melbourne, which I'm sure we can get to. But when they've played against the D's, Carlton, Jake Lever has been able to come across uh, and really impact on Charlie Curno and not allow him to get one-on-one looks at the footy. How can they keep Jake Lever busy and allow Charlie Curno the, the dual a reigning Coleman medalist to get to work. And then for Melbourne, uh, we all know the problem, but how do they fix it going inside attacking 50? So last week against Collingwood, 38 bombs inside attacking 50, the most of any side since 2011. Uh, They won the inside 50s by 32. They won the contest. They won the expected score and still lost. I do think that a part of the solution is Christian Petrarca playing forward. Simon Goodwin was coy about it during the week. I'm not going to go into the depths of what the team will look like from a selection perspective, but what we have done throughout the whole year is have to find a way to, to score. We'll come up with a plan, we'll come up with a method, we'll come up with the personnel. Can they sort out uh, their issues entering the attacking 50, the money kick, as we like to call it? In the other game, the Giants head to Port Adelaide, and it feels like the big, big sound has become a team for the neutrals, Benny. Even Trent Cochin said this week he's surfing the orange tsunami. GWS, they get back midfielder Stephen Cornelio. Port, they bring in key forward Charlie Dixon, the rig, the tats. Are Port going out in straight sets, or are they turning down the volume on the big, big sound? Well, I think the big, big sound can roll on and get through to a prelim final. If you look at their profile through the last six weeks, they are the second best team at turning possession into a score and they're the best team at stopping the opposition when they have position scoring. In its simplest form, that is the game, isn't it? Either you've got it or they've got it. Uh, If one of you have it, they're either scoring or they're stopping you from scoring. So they frame up really well. I think there's a, a really intriguing comparison between GWS of this year and Collingwood of last year. Collingwood last year, they went out four wins, five losses. 
Then they won a, a glut of close games and came home with a rush, went down in the prelim final to Sydney in the end. That was obviously under Craig McRae, who's a branch of the uh, Damien Hardwick coaching tree, someone out of that Richmond school or philosophy line. They played a similar game style. Adam Kingsley is the same. GWS started slowly this year and have then got on a run. So I think there are some similarities there, but they are playing brilliant footy. We talk a lot about Toby Green, and so we should. What a star he is. Uh, the second-ranked player in the competition on the AFL's ranking systems this year and the All-Australian captain. But by G, there's another T Green who's just as good as him at the moment. Tom Green, this year, he's the number one disposal player in the comp. He's number one for contested possessions. He's ranked 14th for clearances and ninth for score involvement. Good response out of the middle, wasn't it? Kelly involved again. Brilliant handball. Tom Green, been in everything. He had 35 last week. It's the most ever by a giant in finals football. Uh, and then when you, you pair that with Finn Callahan, who looks every bit like baby Bond. I mean, he moves like Marcus Bontempelli, similar size, glides across the ground, beautiful left foot kick. And then Josh Kelly, who's finding his best footy. Oh, and a, a critical cog, Stephen Canelio, is coming back in. It frames up really nicely, even against the, uh, the triumvirate of that Port Adelaide midfield with Connor Rosie, Zach Butters and Jason Horn francis I think it's going to be an absolute humdinger on Saturday night at the, the Adelaide Oval. You can catch that in both games of AFL Live, commercial-free on the ABC Listen app. Benny Cameron, thanks so much for your time. Pleasure, Stacky, anytime. To show we're not just talking about Aussie-based footy codes, let's give you a mashup of Aussie international sporting action. We will kick things off with football, knee soccer, because Australia has been well-recognised in FIFA's imaginatively titled The Best Awards, which don't feel at all confected. But look, if the beautiful game is going to validate Australia, and by extension me, I am here for that. So the maybe winners are Sam Kerr, Caitlin Ford and Mary Fowler, who are in a 16-person shortlist for top female player, Mackenzie Arnold, who is in the mix for best women's keeper, Tony Gustafsson, one of five in play for best ladies coach, weirdly Jorge Vilda did not get a nomination, and Ange Postacoglu has been shortlisted for best male coach alongside the likes of Pep Guardiola. Finally, not reward-related, but Kyra Cooney-Cross has been snapped up by Arsenal after a great World Cup for the Tillies. A Gunners legend slid into her DMs and has her buzzing. Ian Wright tweeted Cooney-Cross, bro, but these emojis, and then he Instagram. Oh, he DM'd me, so I messaged him back. Righty official. <laughs> Absolute privilege to watch you tonight. Brilliant performance, all the best for the rest of the tournament. And I said, I'm glad to hear you enjoyed the game. Thanks so much for the message, Ian. I really appreciate it. The Wallabies clash with Fiji shapes as pivotal to the Australians' chances of making the World Cup quarterfinals. Beat the Islanders and they are almost certainly into the next round. Lose, it's going to be a tightrope for Eddie Jones and co to walk. What a game we have Monday morning with the Aussies possibly, possibly featuring seven players with Fijian heritage. Those players are expected to be specifically targeted by the opposition because, you know, turning your back on the mother country, all that. From a selection point of view, there's been lots of focus on Ben Donaldson, who shone at fullback for the Wallabies in their opener. That, combined with his goal-kicking, means he's expected to start again. 
Can't wait for Monday morning to set your alarm. In the Davis Cup, Australia knocked over France to keep their finals hopes alive. Alex Dimonor had to beat Hugo Hubert to keep the tie alive before Max Purcell and Matty Ebden clinched it in the doubles. It was clutch. Now they need to beat Switzerland and hope that other results go their way. And finally, the strangest cricket-related story we have heard in a while. Remember when legendary Aussie leg spinner Stuart McGill was kidnapped and held under duress in Western Sydney. At the time, police said he was a victim and weirdly caught up in an alleged drug deal gone wrong. Felt weird, right? Well, now, now he's been charged with taking part in a cocaine deal worth more than $300,000. Police will allege he facilitated that deal. And that is all I have to say about that thing. Week two of the finals is here in the NRL. Jakey Duke from Fox League is here to forecast it all for us. He's on his way to Auckland to cover the action this weekend. But first up, it's the Roosters Storm who lead things off. And so much hinges on Brandon Smith. Jakey, the ex-Melbourne hooker, he went to the Chooks. He slagged off the Storm this week. His ex-teammates, they can't have been happy. Do you feel like much of this game is going to centre around the man known as Hectic Cheese? Yeah, the hectic one. Look, he he was typical Brandon Smith this week, wasn't he? Just talking a bit of smack, trying to rile up his teammates. He, As his teammates, uh, his former teammates at the Storm said, he kind of doesn't think too much Brandon Smith. He just says what pops into his head. He, he, it is what it is. Um, he pretty much talks from his, whatever comes to his top of his head, a bit like myself, but I'll, we'll see you guys a laugh, laugh on Friday. Jeez, is always pretty honest, and um, that's that's basically what it was it was uh it was very poor performance but it's good for the game isn't it you know that he'll be out there in the middle uh, trying to do a job for the roosters and he said he wanted to prove why the roosters signed him and this is his chance you know what else uh, melbourne roosters another big final between them and this time brendan smith's on the the opposite side and like we know what a big factor he'll be through the middle trying to tear through that, that Melbourne pack who was kind of you had their issues last week, didn't it? They struggled with that Broncos team and, and kind of got rolled through the middle and then really comprehensively beaten in that game. So Brandon Smith will be liking his chances up against the man who basically was in his way at the Melbourne Storm in Harry Grant. You know, he had a quiet game last week, Harry Grant as well. Their whole spine did. Um, so you can imagine they'll be out for a, a big performance in, in Harry Grant and uh, Cameron Munster. Obviously, no Jerome Hughes, which is a big blow for the Storm, considering you know he's pivotal in their attack. Their number seven ruled out with a with a calf issue, so that there's doubt around him even next week if the Storm are to progress. As I said, massive, and it looks like they're going to go with Tyron Wishart at number seven, a guy that's kind of filled in at different points over the years, but not a noted halfback. So the Storm up against it, the Roosters up against it because they've got so many injuries as well. All their first choice wingers, centres, all out. It's a, it's a bit of a battle of the, the Bustards tonight and we'll see who comes out on top and then of course they've got to regather, pick themselves up and then play Penrith next week, whoever wins. So yeah, that's a, that's a tough side of the draw. An old-fashioned finals war of attrition by the sounds of it. The second game features a clash of the feel-goods. The Warriors have electrified Kiwi Rugby League. They should get Sean Johnson back from injury. The Knights they're riding a wave of Newcastle emotion, albeit without half Jackson Hastings. Is this going to be the wires going up or Newcastle showing why it's a city of steel? This one's a flip of the coin, I think. I'm, uh, I'm at the airport now, as you mentioned. I'm on my way to New Zealand uh, to cover this game, and I'm very excited about it. So looking forward to the atmosphere. Everyone talks about it. It's sold out within minutes. So we, we know I was in Newcastle last week, and the atmosphere there was incredible. And it had a massive part in 
kind of inspiring Newcastle to to victory against the Raiders. So you'd think they have to go against that this time. They have to go against this great Warriors crowd. Their first home final in New Zealand since 2008. You can imagine how excited they'll be frothing at the mouth and hoping that their Warriors with Sean Johnson, we, we believe he is going to play. He's trained separately from the group this week. I'd be interested to see what he gets through today with their captain's run, but they are confident that he will play and, and, and that's a big bonus for them. You'd think with, with him in the side, uh, the fact that they finished in the top four, they would think a prelim is, is the bare minimum for them. To go out in straight sets would be really disappointing. So, yes, the Warriors, the Warriors fans will be very much up the wires. But Newcastle shooting for 11 straight. They've been in great form. They've won games well. They've won tight games like last week. You know, they're full of confidence. So, honestly, this one is a flip of the coin. I, I couldn't pick it. I'm, I'm excited to see a good game. I think the conditions will play into it. It's going to be a bit chilly. It's going to be 6 o'clock game, so it'll be a bit greasy over there if, it, if it, it doesn't rain. You know, it's Auckland, so the conditions can play a big factor as well. So, that one is a, is a real... They're both toss of the coins, really, but an exciting weekend of footy. Jackie Duke, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Thanks, Paddy. Appreciate it. A reminder, you can hear every game live and free on the ABC Listen app. Sound bites. And Robbie Williams is getting around Aussie sport at the moment. He sang an Ange Postacoglu rendition of Angels. Now he's trolling Swans fans after their loss to Carlton. Every time, every time, every time I watch the Swans... The swans have lost to everyone. Robbie was clearly paying attention at the 2022 AFL Grand Final post-performance. And speaking of musician cameos, this is the sound of hip-hop royalty. Drake rolling up on a Texas women's college team to say hi pre-game. <laughs> Hopefully no one tells them about the Drake curse whereby him supporting your team generally results in losses. Finally, did you find yourself paying way too much attention to Piers Morgan during the Ashes? I mean, any attention is what he wants, so giving him bandwidth just feeds the beast. I'm doing it right now, stop me. Here's the Australian cricketer's take on Morgan's assertion that England won the, inverted commas, moral Ashes. Yeah, no one remembers the moral. There's a void, there's a void ashes and now there's a moral ashes. So we'll see what the next one is. The last series didn't count apparently because, you know, it was COVID, you know, we were trapped or whatever. And then this series apparently the score doesn't count because morally you won a game that rained out. Yeah, what is it? I don't understand. What does that actually mean? I don't get it. It was 2 all last series and it was 4-0 last time they came here. So if you really want, it's 6-2. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. Catch you Monday. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.